Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Steve. And this is a podcast for creatives. Two friends talking about the complex, messy, and beautiful experience that is being a creative. A couple weekends ago, I was up in New York for a memorial that we had for my grandma who passed away in February. And um, at the luncheon afterwards, I was chatting with my great aunt, so my grandma's youngest sister, and my grandma's one of five girls, and this, my great auntie is the last surviving member of the family. And she said, I feel like I need to tell you this because I'm realizing that I've never heard anyone talk about this before. Like she, you know, my uncle did a a eulogy and it, you know this didn't come up and she said she's like I'm just nervous that like you know I'm gonna die next and no one's ever gonna know this about your grandma but she said when they were little my grandma used to just kind of go in her room and close the door for like long periods of time and she always was like wondering like what what is going on in there like not hearing anything and one day she asked her she said Natalie what are you like what are you doing in there? And she said, oh, come in, I'll show you. And she pulls out a stack of magazines of kind of like, I guess it wasn't old Hollywood at the time when they were kids, but now we would refer to them as old Hollywood magazines and a sketchbook. And she said that she had all of these drawings that were so realistic. She said that from a distance, you wouldn't be able to tell you know, what was the magazine and what was the drawing. And she said that my grandma used to just to do this. She used to lock herself in her room and draw these like pictures of, of old Hollywood stars. And what's remarkable about that story is that, I mean, you might be hearing this or the audience might be hearing this and saying like, oh, that's, you know, Michelle's an artist. That's, you know, where the artistic talent came from. I have never, ever heard of my grandma doing anything artistic unless you count cooking but anytime I would reference like art coming from my family I would say it comes from my mom which is my other side of the family this grandma is my my dad's mom and so we you know we were talking me and Aunt Z and and my mom were, were talking about this and then we went and asked my grandpa who's my grandma's husband who's still alive and her sons my dad and his brothers and all of them were like We've never seen her draw anything before. Wow. And it just kind of got me thinking that my initial reaction to this, and I think a lot of people's initial reaction would be, oh, how sad. She went through her whole life and no one ever knew that she was a great artist. But there was another part of me that was kind of like, I'm glad Aunt Dee told me so that now, you know, now we know after my grandma's gone, like it's kind of like a new piece of information. But I like the idea of knowing that like she had this secret, this thing that she loved to do that was just for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think in, in, first of all, that's incredible. Um, but like a special kind of treasure to have, you know, especially when it's a memorial service and 
know, you're you're there kind of remembering to get a new piece of of information about someone that you didn't know before. That's 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 really really remarkable. But I I it got me thinking too about like you know the things that we do to tap into you know that part of us that is passionate about something or creating or designing because it just feels so common now that everything that people do we want to sort of there's this feeling to want to sort of like tell people that you do it you know and and social is is built to allow for that right it gives you a platform to do that but you you almost sort of like lose the the quaintness of having hobbies just for you know yourself that it feels like that period and and it could be overstating it but it does feel like that period of having a, a creative outlet or a hobby and doing something because you want to do it and it brings you some sort of joy that that doesn't often happen anymore at least it feels like everything is sort of projected out on social media um, or through different outlets and it's just kind of cool and refreshing and almost kind of inspiring that your your grandmother did this and that you know, you, you feel like you want to kind of get a piece of that time back again. Yeah. It it made me kind of sad, but not, not in the way, like you could definitely hear that story and think, you know, maybe she went through her whole life and wanted to draw and didn't, but I kind of see it as sad because as you said, that I don't think very many people, at least in our generation, don't just do things because they enjoy doing it without thinking about how that's going to look to everyone else. Um, right. There's like a, yeah. almost like an, an image conscious yes. moment where you feel like, how is this going to make me look to somebody? Am I going to be cool? Or are they going to laugh at me? Whereas like, now, I know the time is different, too, when your grandmother was doing this, but, like, at the very least, it's, like, she didn't have those, those, maybe some of those concerns. You know, life was afforded that you could kind of go in your room and close the door and be by yourself and do that, and that was normal at that time, mm-hmm. you know? And now it feels like it's, like, you do something great or you do something that's inspiring to you and you want to, some people want to carry that forward and try to inspire others to do things like that where it's just, like, is that why you're doing this? You know, cause it's, you know, that's, that's to me is the question is why, why do you do these things? Is it for you or is it for other people to see you doing those things? I have such a, like a complicated thought about creativity on social media because part of me feels like it has made me be more creative. It has helped me to push the envelope but at the same time, I think anytime I make something, whether it's food that you see me put on Instagram all the time or something that I've designed or a project that I'm working on, I can't think of anything that I've done recently that I've not had the thought, oh, I'm going to post this on Instagram. Mm. Like, I hate that that is a factor. Why does that happen to you? Why am I doing it or why am I annoyed by it? 
No, I know why you're probably annoyed by it, given the context of what we're talking about now. But like, why? Why do you do it? Why do you feel like you have to do it? Habit. I also think it's it's what you said. It's part of. You know, anytime. I have an opportunity to express and kind of like shape who I want people to think I am. I think I want to, I want to take that opportunity. And I, maybe that sounds really egotistical, but I think for me, you know, Instagram specifically is kind of a, I've said this before, it's kind of like my, my portfolio but it's more of like a living, breathing portfolio that's not just here are finished pieces of my work. It's here is, you know, the art that is my lifestyle. And I know that's not just me. That's a lot of people. But again, I'm annoyed by it, but I that is the truth. Well, yeah, and I think it's in, in your case, it's also what you've sort of how you in many ways define yourself. Um, so what you're doing is very true to who you are. I don't think it's like, you know, you're not doing it for vanity reasons. I think you're doing it because at your core, that's what you do. Um, you know, it, it, it would be different if it was like, you know, me who I'm not necessarily like the biggest workout person, but if all of a sudden I started just like showing Instagram stories of me running or, you know, showing how many calories I burn, like that would be more of like for vanity reasons, I think, than it's actually like true to who you are and, and what you believe in and why that's that's a connection I do think though like going back to the 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 whole doing it for for you I I do wonder what what when that crossover period happens of like doing something you know you set out to do something for you whether it's you know whether you like to read or whether you do something creative to kind of like you know as an exercise where it does sort of start to become like, oh, I need to tell people about this because it, 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 it does feel like inevitably that that starts to happen. And I don't know if it's because you want to experience that joy with other people. You want to encourage people to find that opportunity. I don't think you can rule out you want people to know you're doing it because that might influence the way they think about you. But it, it feels like we've lost that. I do this just for me because it makes me feel good and I don't care if anyone else knows about it or doesn't know about it. It feels like we've lost that, that, that kind of moment. I think it's all of those things that you just said. This is not a like right or wrong, black and white type of thing. It's, or, you know, people's intentions when they put things on, on social media, I think it, it is some combination of they're proud of the thing they made. They want people to think that they, are a certain way, but they actually, you know, part of them, you know, maybe it's a, um, you know, glossy version of it, but it, it is, I do feel like everything I put on social media is me. I mean, I think anyone who knows me in real life, it, it wouldn't say like, oh, sh you know, she's such a phony. Um, and, you know, and I, I would say that about everyone that I know on social media and, and in real life, it, it is them. But as you said, it's, it's kind of like a, a lost thing that I'm, I'm wanting that. And, and it's not just because my aunt told this story. I think it's something that I've kind of been yearning for. And it was almost like a little bit of a nudge or a permission slip to, 
to try to do more things that are just purely it doesn't even matter if it's creative or not creative just like things that I want to do that I just do and don't think about sharing it with anybody else yeah I do think there's a um a push from the creative world about you know sharing your sharing your gift um you know putting that that message out there and um telling people what you're about and, and helping to inspire others and I think it comes back to like intake where it's like, why, why are you doing this to begin with? Like, it's funny. I had this thought a couple of days ago. Like I, I've always considered myself. Um, I am not a, a sommelier. I'm not a connoisseur of, of all different types of wine, but I, I, I have been around a, a family who there's always good wine at the table. It's inspired me to learn more about wine. Uh, it's inspired me to, um, understand what pairs well and try things out. And it's funny that every time I open up a bottle, I always have this thought about like, put something out on Instagram that, that in a story that shows people that you're having a glass of wine right now. And, and I will tell you that probably for the last year, every time I've had that moment, even, even after I've taken the photo of everything and set it up, I'm always just like, Oh, who fucking cares? Like, (laughs) Like, like who honestly cares? Like everybody's got the ability to have a glass of wine or a beer or whatever. Like they don't care. And no one's going to sit there and go, oh, wow, Steve's really drinking a great bottle. If they don't know how the hell. So like I, I, I've paused on many aspects of my life that I always felt like I used to share out there because that is something that it's not necessarily creativity is right. I'm not like making the wine, but it's, it's something where it's special to me. It's a part of me. It's something that I enjoy doing. And I'm starting to like realize that, no, this is for me. Like this is something that that I want to hold true to who I am. And I don't need to involve anybody in the process, knowing about it, anything like that. But there's other areas of things that I definitely feel like, you know, like this podcast, I think, has, you know, is, is another thing where it's like any piece of content that we create we typically share it out there, but I think it, at our core, like if you if you asked us why we do this, we do this for each other. We do this because we like it. We like each other, and that's why we do it. So it's kind of this like we do it for us, but we also want other people to know about it too, right? You know, mm-hmm. so it's this very like unbalanced like the tools are there to do this, so we have to promote it, but we're not really doing it for the promotion. We're doing it really for the opportunity to hang out every other week and 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 talk about something that means something to us. It's so funny that you just said that because we've been recording for what, 45 minutes at this point, mm-hmm. And the first, you know, 30 minutes of that conversation are not going to be published, but it, <laughs> it was a very like, just, it was a great conversation. It has nothing to do with this podcast. It was the personal stuff, but you know, I think that that's just, it is, and now I'm ruining it by telling everyone that we did that, but it's. It's exactly what you just said. Like that moment was so joyful because I knew even though the recorder is going that like no one no one's going to hear that conversation and that sure. made it better, I think. Sure. I do want to go back though to to the example that you shared because like I wonder in those moments when you when you find something that does bring you joy or that does satisfy that creative outlet like 
you can go one of two ways, right? Like you can, you can go down one path and, and do it for you and hold on to it for you, or you can go down another path and do it for you while also telling other people about it and making other people known. And because of the nature of, of social these days and everyone's just like desire to, I don't know if it's everyone's, but it does feel like an oversaturation of things. Like, I wonder if we all kind of looked at it and, and looked at our lives and said, if there is something that we're doing as a, as a, as a thing to bring us joy, whether it's quilting or painting or writing or music or whatever it is like, you know, for, for, for one month, we just do it for ourselves. We don't tell anybody about it. We just sort of commit to it. And we see at the end of that month, like, are we, has that done anything for us in terms of our overall level of like contentment or happiness or, or, you know, something like that? Because after a while it does feel like, you know, if you fall off with something on social, like you don't, you don't tell people enough about it. I mean, we feel this with the podcast, like, right. If, 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 if we've missed a week because we've been traveling or something's gone on, it's like, we should probably let people know we're still doing this, you know, but like, I don't think anybody's waiting by their Instagram feed to, to see the latest release. So like, I just wonder if that's something that we can like, I would, I'd be interested in doing that myself, like in, in certain things, like just sort of seeing like how I feel about myself after I've done this for a month. And do I feel like I'm more connected to it for the right reasons versus the duality of doing it and then broadcasting it? Yeah. I would, I would be really interested in knowing how I or you or whoever would do something like this might feel doing that because I think for me I know that I would feel uncomfortable at first because it's it's different it's hey Michelle I'm sorry pause for one second pause for one second yeah so we started something new I'm usually going to you with ideas so I think I was so excited that I barely listened to what you said and I was like you know what sure let's do it could have said anything right there at that point in time, couldn't I? Michelle and I grew up in the 90s, and we've noticed, I think, over the years that a lot of the uh, references that we end up dropping in our podcast end up coming from that period in our childhood. We were a TV generation, so we remember a lot of these offbeat commercials and a lot of these things that um, were a part of our childhood, and I thought it would be fun to kind of like look back at them. We don't really watch commercials anymore in, in this day and age. You know, ads are usually something that we're doing anything that we could possibly do to skip over. Funny commercials or, or commercials with memorable jingles have stayed with us over the years. Uh, and this platform, this this commercial breakdown show gave us the opportunity to bring some of them back and, you know, relive a few of these moments with, with all of you and, you know, reflect fondly on them. So if you get a chance, go into one of our pod for creative social profiles or go to our website and look for commercial breakdown which is the name of our show i time this it takes literally four seconds of your time subscribe to our youtube channel and hit that thumbs up button if you have a friend or a sibling or someone um, that you remember talking to about the commercials that that we're showcasing certainly anywhere where you can share it we would really appreciate it sorry i just got a shipment of wine (laughs) (laughs) tell us about it yeah no it's a spanish red
it's a it's a red blend. You could do an unboxing. Um, I could do an unboxing. I don't know if I have. <laughs> it's called Mucho Mas. <laughs> oh, oh, I love the label. It's so that's so you. It's just the text on white, and that's it. That's it. That's it. It's a it's a Spanish red. It's a red blend, um, and it's fantastic. Um, and I highly recommend it for oh. what it's worth. See that. Sorry. Later. Continue. Um. <laughs> I think I was just saying that if I were to attempt something like this, to do something creative just for me and stay really present and not think about showcasing whatever it was I was working on, it would feel really uncomfortable at first. But I'd like to think that long term it would feel healthy and, you know, maybe it wouldn't be feel better or worse, but just different, like a different sensation than the idea of making something and then making the showcasing part of the creative process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, right. Like you want to sort of invest yourself in the, in the process without it actually being like a daily update of things or a, yeah, I, I get that. I think it's just, it's just a very satisfying feeling thinking about the story that you were sharing at the top and just sort of going into a room and doing something because you know it makes you happy. I don't think we do enough of that. I think our lives are so scattered too that it's, you know, certain things prevent that, but um there's just something so fulfilling about that that thought and at the same time like from the contextual standpoint like uncovering something about somebody, you know, whom you regard so highly as it is, um to, to unearth one other sort of like nugget about that person, especially because, you know, it's what she was doing is a part of who you are and it's what you've become. And maybe unknowingly, you know, like that's just something that's been like in your family, but you know, that's just such a great, you know, inspiring moment to want to do more of that. I love that thought. It was, it was really kind of, scary is not the right word, but I actually had the privilege of hearing my uncle's eulogy twice because we had a smaller service for my grandma here in Florida, like right when she passed away. So my uncle kind of gave this somewhat of the same, he switched it up a little bit, um, eulogy. But when he was describing my grandma, I felt like he was telling the story of my life, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. everything from after she met my grandpa, her first comment was like, he talks a lot, which is something that I would say about Jimmy. And just the the list of things that she's interested in reading and Frank Sinatra and Broadway music and cooking and spending time with her family. It's, I know this is not really relevant to this topic, but it, it was so cool to think that these traits might be passed down through families without really it's not that I didn't spend a lot of time with my grandma growing up but I know a lot of people's relationships with their grandparents are like you know maybe they they live together or they see them every day you know I saw my grandma a decent amount but I feel like all of those characteristics that my uncle was describing that I was relating to were not things that I have ever thought that I got from her I thought that those were just me and maybe they are or maybe they're not but 
I like to think that there is this like kind of magic in in families that things, whether we know about them, like her drawing or not, are getting passed down to us. And maybe there there are great things about, you know, about every individual that came from someone else in their family, but they didn't even they've like never known that they have that similarity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I think for me, everything for, for my creative passions and outlets, like it's about, I feel like it boils down to learning. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a history, you know, nerd. Um, but it's also about other elements, whether it's baseball or wine or like you're, you're, you're learning about whatever it is that like, that always feels so I always feel like that's mine. Like I can't, I can't share that with other people. I can tell people about things, but it doesn't have the same feeling as when you're learning it in that, in that process, like individually. Um, and I guess that's always just sort of like been at my core, like whether you're learning about people in your family that you didn't have a chance to meet who, you know, who were alive before you were born or things that they were involved in or, um, you know, whatever, like that's always been at the course. I always feel like selfishly that's sort of like where I have found myself in life now that learning has always kind of been at that, you know, at, at that base. And it, that feels like that's mine. It's not something that I feel like I can, I can outwardly share if sometimes it's the finished product, right? It is the glass of wine that you put up on Instagram, but what led you to buy that? What led you to say that, Oh, I need to, I need to try this or this. That's never a part of the, the sharing process. So I always feel like that's, that's more, that's more unique to me. I feel like you've been really good at this. This is kind of why I wanted to talk to you about it on the podcast. Cause when I think about like creative people who I know who aren't really, you know, who don't have feel the need to share it all. Like, you, you're the first person that, that comes to mind and, you know, maybe you're sharing it just with me or just, you know, just with people, you know, it, that you're close to in real life and not on, on social media. And maybe that's a version of it, but I don't know. I feel like you're, you're really good at not feeling the need to like share every little thing. I think I'm always aware that, that when I do share things in the, in, in the off chance that I do, I never feel like the person I'm sharing it with cares about it nearly as much as I do. And I'm automatically like disgusted by that. Oh, that's sad. No, like not to the point where it's like, how dare you not like it as much as I do. But like, it, it's just, it feels like it was a waste of like, a, let me tell you about something I, I care about here. And if you don't feel like you're getting the same level of enjoyment back, you're just like, well, screw it. I'm going to just keep it to myself. Like this mm -hmm. is, this is mine. I'm very selfish with, I think, the things that I enjoy. And I don't know if, if, you know, anyone listening to this feels the same way, but we've joked on this podcast before that I'm not very big on recommendations. Like, I know what I like and that's what I like. And even, you know, and I'm talking about recommendations from other people. Like, I'll take recommendations as a part of things that I'm interested in. But, like, I feel like it's, there are things that are just very much me. Um you know, like musically, there's certain types of music that I'm, I'm passionate about. And, um, I know we're getting off the, like the creative trail here, but like people will say like, Oh, well, if you like that, you'll really like this. And it's like, no, I, I won't. <laughs> I like, I like this. So like it, it, it always feels like when someone's not matching that level of like 
interest in any of the creative endeavors or outlets that you have. It's always just like, I'm just going to keep it to myself. And I almost like it that way more because it does feel mine. I don't know how many times in life anymore that things just are, you know, especially now um, in the world that we live in where everything feels like it's a shared experience. We all see the same content. We all you know, even though we could talk about how niche everything is, we all experience the same stuff. A lot of us have always seen the same videos and we've all seen the same song. You know, everything is shared. It's so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's all um, homogenized that like when you do have those things that are just for you, I don't know if me, I like to hold on to them because it just feels very true to who who I am. I get, I get I totally understand that feeling of if someone recommends something to you because they think it's like something that they know that you like, part of you feels or part of me feels like, oh, that's so nice that they thought of me. But there's also a sadness to it that they don't know me as well as they think they do. Right. That is that is really like maybe not sad, maybe it's kind of like one of those bittersweet things. Um, but you, you, I mean, because you could spin that into, does anyone really know anyone like to their core? No. Right. And in which case then like is sharing what you enjoy, what you hold, what your creative outlets are, is sharing that necessary because you want other people to know about you or is it is it is it better that you're keeping it to yourself because it means more to you i've come down i think more so lately about keeping it to myself because it means something to me it's a part of who i am i don't need other people to know about that but i i see the opposite too like i see why people want to be excited and share things because they want other people in that tribe um I, I see both sides of it. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I think there's, I don't know. I, I imagine that I somewhat communicated this in my story, but just to reiterate, my grandma was a young girl when she was doing this. And I think there's something about the innocence of a, a kid doing this you know, creative thing that they love locked away in a room that feels so pure and rare and special that, I mean, I don't even know that we could recreate something like that as, as an adult. I don't know that she would have been able to, you know, even do that as an adult, but I think that we should try. Like, even if it's just like, one little thing that we choose to not share and just as like a little experiment to see how that makes us feel if it makes it more special or if it makes it makes us uncomfortable yeah subliminally too i feel like when we do these things it is a harken back to childhood you know it is a harken back to that moment where you're trying to figure out who you are and, and, you know, what you believe in and you're trying different things and you're finding these outlets. And I think the ones that we hold on to as we get older, the things that we have interest levels in, um, that satisfy that, that creative need, um, 
it harkens back to those special moments as as a kid alone in your room or in the basement or doing something where you're rediscovering who you are to begin with. Um, and I think at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's about us. It's about us as individuals and, you know, those moments that make us feel a little bit more whole. If you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media, tag us at pod Ford creatives and let us know which stood out to you. I made a joke, but, but it's like, it's still how I feel about like this, this no plastic bag thing. When, when New York enacted that, it's like, I feel like such a thief every time I go into a store, if I don't use one of the recyclable mm-hmm. bags or I'm just like running out with like, just with like an item. Hand. Yeah. yeah. People I'm... think like, it looks like I'm stealing because you're just like, <laughs> anytime I do that and I don't take a bag, I like make it very visible that I'm holding the receipt when I walk out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's, it's here. Look, yeah. all the items are accounted for. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody else want to see this? It's like, you know, when you leave Walmart and like, there's always the guy at the door that's just like marks it as you go by. You're like, you just want somebody from your grocery yeah, yeah, store yeah. to like mark your, yes. mark your receipt. I'm not a thief. I swear. Yes, officer. She left with a nectarine and a box of razor blades. <laughs> I saw her. She went that way. <laughs>